Hi, everybody. Thank you for uh, downloading episode three. I can't believe I've done three. I'm really excited about three. Thank you for listening and for downloading and for subscribing. Thank you for all the emails. I try to answer all of them. I love the ones that have questions. There weren't so many questions this week, but a lot of really positive uh, feedback, I guess. And thank you so much. It's really nice to get positive emails. Um, I'm not the best at Twitter and social media, so I apologize. I can't really completely figure out how to answer people on Twitter because I just I just now got a Twitter account. So if you want me to respond, it may be better to, to email me at um, wifeotp.com. But I'll try. I'm trying to figure out Twitter. I'm just not super savvy like that. Um, so I want to try to do something uh, for some upcoming podcasts. I have ran multiple book clubs in my life. I love reading books. I've learned so much in life from reading. Reading's not everybody's bag. I get it. I have a dyslexic kid and a dyslexic husband. But I've started listening to books from Audible. And it's been really cool because then you get to kind of read and walk the dog at the same time. So I, I heard great things about this book that I really want to read and discuss at some point on the podcast. The book is called Drive, and I thought I wrote the author's name down. I think his name is Daniel Pink. Uh, this is a book that um, this, the, the description says is the surprising truth about what motivates us. Uh, I was talking to the producer of Something's Burning, Bert's uh, show on YouTube, and he was telling me that his wife is a school teacher and he read this book about drive and he was amazed at how much it applied to his wife who teaches school because she is driven to teach school and she's really happy. We were debating why there aren't more really driven teachers in that profession and one of the persons in the debate said it was money. And he said, actually, this book totally dispels that. So I can't wait to read it. So I think if you want to read it too, awesome we'll have a podcast where i discuss it with some of my friends who are also reading this book it probably will be a month or so from now because it'll take me at least that long to read the book so no big rush but again it's drive by daniel pink i thought that would be cool um next podcast i am starting uh the 21 day fix. I've actually already completed it, but I did several podcasts of one before I started and one and two more during the process of the 21 days. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that is a workout program through Beachbody On Demand, who is a sponsor of the Burtcast. And I had just, you know, gotten fed up with having 10 or 15 extra pounds and frustrated and needed like an overhaul. And I enjoyed this program so much. So please tune in to episodes like, I guess it'll be four, five, and six, where I'll be talking to my friends, um, Lynn and Jeannie, who also are still doing the 21 Day Fix. They started a little bit after I did. But I think it's pretty cool. We talk about a lot more than just working out. I think we had several enlightening moments in every episode about other things not related to working out. So don't feel like those episodes are just about the 21 day fix, but I'm kind of excited about that because, uh, I found it to be a lot easier than I expected. And I feel so much better about life just from this little bit of an investment of 21 days focus. So I hope you enjoy it.
But today, I have three friends, Margaret, Kathy, and Tracy. We all have eighth grade daughters. We've known each other for about seven years, and we uh, have some good chat today. Um, Margaret and I figure out we have a friend in common, a guy that uh, I had some amazing dates with named Narda. He is a really famous music producer, and we have that in common. We just figured it out on the podcast, which was crazy. And we've all been in this massive pursuit of high schools, which is insanity out here. So we discussed that a little bit and what it's like to raise eighth grade daughters and moody teenagers and how to manage. And there's an amazing book called Untangled that's specifically about raising teenage girls that has been invaluable. So we talk about that as well. I would like to hear from you what you would like to hear on our podcast. I have a couple topics in mind. There seems to be some recurring themes, but is there anything you would like to hear? Because I would love to talk about anything, especially something other people are interested in. Maybe something I haven't thought of. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but I'm a pretty curious person and I like to learn. So I'm open to anything you have in mind. So again, you can email me at wifeotp.com and let me know what you think. All right. Thanks again for um, for listening. I hope you enjoy podcast number three. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. been talking for 30 minutes we so have been. We have been. it's a testament to um to what good people and friends we are right so today kathy just say hi so they know your voice hello there it's kathy tracy hello and margaret hi and we're just gonna chit chat maybe about i don't know we were talking about um black men before <laughs> we started this is that a good way to start sure i was talking about anyway the the most pursued and the the most pursued i ever was as a single girl was by a black guy or he was i've never been wooed like that ever have any of you had that experience uh not by a black man but the black men who i had any interest in weren't such wooers they weren't. They you like the weren't. hard to get ones. <laughs> what? You like to chase them. You like the hard to get ones. It was more of a hard to get situation. I ah. think that maybe that's why it was more attractive. Yeah. Probably, right? Well, anyway. I was saying before that, you know, maybe the the black men were uh, wooing because the sisters held him to a higher standard and they had to work harder for him. I think who that's knows? a really good point. Who knows? That's probably why. But yeah, I had this guy who I went to... Um, our neighbor in Atlanta was Curtis Mayfield. Anybody know who Curtis Mayfield yeah. is, right? You know who Curtis Mayfield is? Curtis um, Mayfield. People get ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. train. You're right. 
terrible. See, and I thought he was voice. a boxer. So you did, you did. No, no, that's a different Mayfield. There's another Mayfield. Uh, that's, right? There's another Mayfield okay. that's a boxer. I'm half right. Mayweather. That's Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I'm totally wrong then. Oh, it's boxer musician singing. <laughs> but Curtis was our neighbor in Atlanta, and he got a lifetime achievement award at the Grammys, and he invited me as a guest. I didn't know him very well, but and I was living in New York, and the Grammys were in New York. So he was like, come to the Grammys. So I did, of course, because <laughs> yeah, it's the Grammys. Because it's the Grammys. And I was walking to the bathroom, <clears throat> and this guy followed me to the bathroom and was waiting for me when I got out of the bathroom and stopped me. He was like, you were the most beautiful woman I have seen here all night. Can I take you to dinner? And I was so taken aback because, first of all, he was an enormous black guy. He was really big guy, bald head. He was a drummer. And uh, he was, I, 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 and he was like twice my age. So I was, I didn't really know how to react, but I was like, sure, of course, uh, you can take me to dinner, sure. Um, and we exchanged numbers, and I thought, I'll never hear from that guy again, right? Went to all the Grammy parties, did all the Grammy stuff. He called me the next day. I live in California, I'm going back to California, can I take you to dinner tonight? I was like, yeah, okay. Meet at this restaurant. I don't even remember the restaurant, but he showed, he showed up with a pair of shoes for me. Wow. <laughs> shoes? So he had guessed my shoe size and purchased a pair of shoes for me. And they were the most beautiful shoes I had ever had in my God, entire life. That sounds life. like something you'd see on were they heels? Criminal Minds or something. Yeah. That's just freaked me. That would that freak me out. out. It, did, it was odd. It was really odd, I have to say. But they fit. They, they, were fit? My, they fit. They were my size. Okay, what kind of shoes? Freaky. They were um, slip-on heels like like tongs but thongs or however you say that but heels and they had jewels all over the the top of the foot but they were like one inch heels and they were the most beautiful he clearly i was 23 at least i was 23 so um i was like those are the nicest and at the time i was living in new york eating spaghetti like four nights a week because I, I couldn't afford to live there so I was like those are the most amazing shoes I've ever seen I had this beautiful dinner at this really nice restaurant and then he flew back to California and I thought never hear from him again next time he comes to New York can I take you to dinner again showed up again with this beautiful hat this beautiful scarf and took me to a really nice dinner that wow. just gave you the he chills. was so gentlemanly he was the most yeah. he was the most gentleman pursuer I ever had he was just lovely this went on for like a year and a half i didn't see him very often and you had an entire wardrobe by the end of your relationship uh, right right like what? he did keep bringing me one time he bought me a ring and i always wondered if it was real because it's like covered in diamonds with a big diamond in the middle but he produced um whitney houston's like first four albums and uh mariah carey's first album he's a really big music producer but he started out as a drummer what's his name um narda michael Walden. oh yeah i know him you know narda yes oh my god. he gosh. lives up in northern, in northern california. california he's a good friend of my ex-boyfriends yes no way. yes that's he was so the funny nicest man yeah that's crazy Margaret. i can't believe you know him <laughs> yeah. that's so bizarre that's yeah freaking. it was not yes yeah, he asked me to live, come live with him after like a year and a half. Come, come up to Northern California. Come live with me. And I said to him, "What year was this?" This was like uh, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97. <clears throat> he kept coming and going. 
Were you dating him? Like, no, were not you really. Communicating with him in between these visits, uh, or yes and no. I mean, we would call and talk to each other, but I never had any kind of intimate relationship with him. It was just dating. You know what? What? I'm wondering if that's when I was with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, and I knew him. Yeah, and and, and so isn't that weird that at the time I knew him that he was wooing you that is and crazy. then we end up friends that's here. amazing Margaret. Yeah, i gotta do the math and see if that's right that would be really crazy yeah, yeah. so where is he he's like still around is he yeah he's, yeah he's in he's married uh he asked me to come live up there he didn't really ask me to move in with him he's like come move here i'll help you move here to be closer and i said you know what you are such an overwhelming and powerful personality i'm afraid i would lose <laughs> myself i'm not mature enough to i don't i'm not mature enough to handle that in a relationship i just don't think that i can do that and i'm not mature enough and that was a really mature thing to know that you weren't mature I, enough though. he was just so larger than life wow. he's a really sweet man too he's really sweet i don't know your experience of mm-hmm. him but for was, me he was generous and the sweetest man yeah. generous was he much <laughs> older than you yeah he's oh, a good bit okay. older so um I just one day was thinking about him and I thought, well, I'll give him a call and see how he's doing because I don't, I didn't want to like never talk to him again. And I called him and he said the most amazing thing happened. I met the woman of my dreams. I was walking down the street and I saw her having coffee in a coffee shop and I sat down and started talking to her and we're getting married. I was like, that's amazing. Fantastic. That's so great. So when was the last time you talked to him? It's been a while. It's probably been 16 years long time it was right. it was right after i moved here in 97 i probably was in touch with him for the next year oh that's crazy so that is just crazy margaret yeah because I, I see you. that he uh sometimes comments on, on we're friends on facebook my uh-huh. ex-boyfriend and i so then i think he has made comments too so i know he's on facebook so you guys could oh, i'll have to look him up yeah. i have to look him up how crazy yeah. how crazy Isn't that crazy that's really crazy yeah that's a small world that yeah. is a small world so yeah that's a small from world. atlanta to new york to, to northern san francisco california, marin county i think you to los in. angeles yeah. yeah that's a small world that's a small world to our Margaret. little bubble yeah to right to valley village right <laughs> crazy how funny i'll have to look him up on facebook yeah yeah yeah, it's been a long time. I haven't even thought about him for a yeah. while. I don't know. I guess we just got on the topic before the mics turned on about, you know. The types we are drawn to. The types men. we're drawn to. Yes. Yes. Which I was saying in our kitchen, <clears throat> I dated uh, guys that looked like Luke Perry. But every time I would watch a movie, I wasn't attracted to those guys. Right. I was attracted to Tom to tom berenger and my uncle george who looks right. just like bert and i for whatever reason just kept dating luke Perry. oh how funny <laughs> and then all of a sudden i met bert and i went oh, oh. he's kind of okay let's right. see how this goes two dates tops and then i'm out of here i'm not gonna date a comic what cracked me up was when he said yeah i like my guys like my uncle i married bert he never wears a shirt that was like the first thing you said yeah doesn't wear a shirt that's the definition of Bert <laughs> yeah I don't remember my memories of my uncle have their no shirt ever unless it's the winter and that's never very southern because like it's not cool in our village like for a guy to be walking outside without a shirt right <laughs> is that my perception no no Benny says it all the time oh my god that guy doesn't have a shirt on I'm like yeah but 
it's so I guess what? growing up in the 70s yeah that was happened a lot no shirts oh, yeah. and those little the, the men wore those little tiny shorts and those stuff shorts yeah. but now you don't see it the men wear the long you know, yeah and they wore shirts i don't know i saw some kids walking down the street the other day and two of them didn't have shirts on i thought what what are they doing <laughs> right where are they going why don't they have any clothes sure. on isn't that funny yeah. we never wore shirts well i wore shirts but mm. boys never wore shirts or shoes anywhere and right. isla never wears shoes anywhere and people every time we go somewhere she goes people go where are your shoes like oh my god you're definitely going to catch some kind of disease or something <laughs> uh, but we just we never did when we right. were kids right. we're pretty fortified right, right. and it's funny because it seems like socially we've gotten so much more progressive and non-discriminatory yet we're looking at people without shirts going what are you doing <laughs> i know it is kind of crazy right i think we've backed up in our conservatism like we in weird ways in weird ways in ways that does it really matter that a guy doesn't have a shirt on or violet's not wearing shoes or violet's not wearing shoes and there's something about the grounding that they talk about with people we should not wear shoes as much from the earth right Mm -hmm. so she probably feels it like this feels better to me yeah well bert gets off a plane walks in the house drops his bags takes his shoes off and walks around in our front yard for like 10 minutes every time wow because he feels like that like grounds him right like he's got to have his and feet he, in the he grass. needs that yeah he does he does a little bit <laughs> a little and there's bit certain mats that. you can buy now grounding mats you can like really? imitate really? that why yeah, didn't i'm not buying it that? i know right? right right why didn't we think oh hey let's put grounding mats on this yoga mat right people will buy it right they would right, right? totally well i guess yoga is grounding and you can sleep big matches to sleep on too <laughs> Do really yeah. really this is a whole different economy where we're And we were going to talk <laughs> about getting kids into high school. I know, right? <laughs> I told you it never goes right. It's so funny. I was about to say the reason all of us, for people who are listening, we are all friends because we all have eighth grade girls. And all of our eighth grade girls have been in Girl Scouts together since second grade. Well, didn't we all go to Colfax together from like kindergarten to no, first grade? No, no. Except for me, I'm the outcast. That's right. That's and right. Georgia moved we like in you, though. second that's grade. Okay. Georgia wasn't there till second grade. Okay. So our the four of us yeah. are connected <clears throat> yeah through second grade girl scouts and we have been uh hunting for high schools and i don't think it's like this anywhere else in the country i hope not so i hope not right. God bless them yeah no maybe one else new should york. have to go through this maybe, maybe new york maybe you think? new york or chicago or like big major well i wonder if it's that way in san francisco probably i don't know is it margaret i don't i you know i don't know that world because i didn't live there as a as a mom right you know Right, right. But I think it is a little bit in if Similar. private people want to go to the privates. So for people who don't live here, uh, a lot of elementary schools, like local elementary schools, are really great. And then the middle schools, less are great, but still great public, all public. But then you get to high school, it gets a little bit different. Like there are so few public high schools that are really good that you are forced to kind of cast a wider net. And it is like, I feel like we've been looking for colleges. It's the most exhausting, ridiculous process on the planet. You know, I got on the bus and went to the school. There Mm -hmm. was one school in my town. There was no other option. That's just where you went to school. And I turned out pretty okay, but I tried that. We went to homecoming to our local school, and I was like, yeah, I'm not (laughs) sending my daughter to this school. I can't do it. The The homecoming court, Margaret. The homecoming court. You were there, too. The best part of that was um, us trying to make it seem like it was okay for our kids. Right. By the way, that's my alma mater. (laughs) 
Well, I, I think I it was. Think and there's no way there. in hell my girl, my girl's going there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Changed no, a little they, bit. They have some, you know, different segments of the school that seem better than maybe others. Like when they call it general population, all I think of is bars and orange suits. So that itself is kind of concerns me. Totally. But um, yeah, that that for me, you know, all our kids are different and unique, and I think because we have a lot of options, it's great. Right. But the pressure it puts on us in terms of finding the exact right school for our kids right. is crazy. It's ridiculous. And then even if we don't put it on our kids, um, was like with my daughter, I was like, you know, it'll work out. Don't worry about it. And all of a sudden she comes home. She's like, Oh my God, mom, I haven't interviewed anywhere. And where have you applied for school? And my, my friends have all gone to five or six schools already. And I was so behind. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even realized it. Right. And y'all were already like, you know, eight, eight schools in you already four tests in yeah you were already like in the process i'm like oh shit (laughs) yeah i know bert showed up at the 11th hour for me because i we we george and i went to all these tours and did all the stuff we were supposed to do and she just wants to go to one school that's the only school she's interested in and we have a backup school but Bert was like, why aren't you applying everywhere? Why aren't you applying here and there? And I thought, let's all just calm down just a minute. Why would I apply somewhere she's never going to go? That's a waste of her time, the school's time, our money, and it takes someone else's spot. I don't want to do that, like at Notre Dame. He's like, but you need a backup. But that's rational, Leanne. I'm rational Kathy sometimes, but I also have like three other personalities when it comes to the (laughs) school business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who are they? Please define these other three personalities. Well, it depends on, you know, what minute it is. But one one of them is, okay, look, our kids went to public school. They're great. They're all super smart girls. They're going to be fantastic. Elementary school doesn't really matter. Middle school matters a little tiny bit. High school matters a little bit. College, eh, that matters. But not like grad school. You want to go to a really good grad school to be able to network. Jesus, she's already talking about grad and school. I do know. what you want to do. So no matter where they go, they're going to be fine. So which Kathy is talking now? So this is this is rational Kathy. Okay. No matter where they go, they're going to be fine. They can all probably go to our little local high school. And as long as they don't get arrested or pregnant, they're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that may apply at all schools. <laughs> Let's hope. Very I don't true. know. Those all-girls schools get pretty crazy. Public or private. <laughs> And then there's the most often me, which is, okay, we're going to check out all of our options. We're going to let you pick your favorite, which is reasonable and that we can afford. And we're going to apply there and have a couple backup plans, which we've done almost ad nauseum more so. And then there's me who wakes up on the last day of submissions and is freaking out and applies to like an extra school just in case she doesn't get in as you called it my hail mary yeah your hail mary that's right that's right <laughs> so we're we have about five schools that may or may not work right see you guys are applying to schools that are hard to get in like notre dame notre dame doesn't care if you apply there because they know there are a thousand other kids behind you and if you miss a date they say oh i'm sorry you don't care enough to get in i mean they've turned people away they're super super impressed with themselves and that's her number one choice and that's where she wants to go so you have to have a backup because there are odds there elizabeth has a school she wants to go to she didn't take an entrance an entrance exam she took a placement test yeah there's same. a difference they're there gonna is take a difference, her yeah that's there's... the only school she wanted to go to thank god my job was over right i was super relieved but for you yeah you're applying to schools that are super competitive you have to god why does she like that school i mean i like it too i just wish it wasn't so competitive right and i i love her number two 
her backup is, is going to be great. Number one. Yep. It's George's number one. But we also have to figure out how to get them there 30 minutes away. Yeah. In L.A. traffic, which Every can be day. an hour and a half, depending on an accident. It's Sorry. very stressful. I, it's very I can't stressful even for imagine. The kids. Yeah. It is stressful for the kids. What do you think is the number one stress for your daughters right now at 13? What do you think is the number one thing that stresses them out? Oh, gosh. Mm. Um time maybe homework mm. you know time management yeah too much those damn cell phones i think for georgia it's not uh feeling like her uh, every minute is scheduled even though it's really not i think she feels that way it makes her feel like she doesn't have any like relaxed time even though yeah. she does like she writes in a journal all the time but i think she feels like we're just constantly on this hamster wheel of life and um I think that's her number one stress. What do you think is their challenge? Their challenge at school? Any challenges they have at school? Navigating I, the. I think girls, you know, friendships. I think that's they're trying to figure all that out. The social aspects. Yeah. I think we're all pretty lucky that, you know, our girls have good friends. Yeah. And we're very fortunate for that. That's another thing I'm really bummed about the whole high school situation. And that, on one hand, we should be fortunate that we have so many choices. But the girls will probably all go to different high schools. Yeah, they will. And then we have to start this uh, social roller coaster over again. Yeah. Yeah, because our our girls, there's like a little group of girls that are in show choir. And those show choir girls tend to, they seem to be helping each other a lot with homework. They're like networking. What do you have for this answer on this question? And did you finish the science lab what when is it due and they really support each other they facetime each other and do homework together and that's gone when we go to high school i'm like what a bummer yeah but they'll find other kids to do that with they will it is is cool that they have it it'd be nice if it would just continue on (laughs) they just keep on going what about the other stress at school like the um like the boy stress and i know that there was recently a kid expelled from school yeah i heard about that doing things that he shouldn't have been doing i didn't know i didn't hear that i heard about it last night mm. <clears throat> what did he do he was caught vaping i believe oh well they also caught kids smoking, smoking pot pot they didn't kid, kick them out smoking cigarettes and... i think he's a repeat offender oh i see i think yeah. he, he's i think he's a little more than just smoking mm-hmm. i think for this particular kid it's a kid who needs a little more help do you need with direct name don't say you may here, need a parent yeah, yeah. Okay. What? Oh, yeah. That's the problem is that, you know, parents aren't active. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know him personally, but I feel like if that's happening, something's, there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. yeah vaping, though. It's not like the end of the world, but who knows what else he had. Well, yeah. And who knows? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know him, him personally. I don't know his parents, but. No. I mean, when you pull in a larger socioeconomic group, you've got all the, all the different types of people from all the community. You've got, you know, parents. <laughs> when Xander went there, he's coming home going, mom, what's this mean? I'm like, where did you hear that? Or mom, did you know this show? Why do you know that? You know, these kids are exposed to more. We have our bubble. We're all super active parents. You know, for the most part, we know what our kids are watching and doing right 
and we monitor mm-hmm. it and we say no that's not appropriate and then you've got all the kids whose parents aren't doing that maybe they're both working full-time and they don't have the luxury of spending the kind of time that we are able to spend with our kids so they don't have that right and that's hard because then you've got those kids bringing that information in right and whether it be vaping or whatever else mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of the terrain so in the eighth grade what were you guys doing any bad behaviors from hmm. you guys in the eighth grade? The kids aren't going to hear this, are they? No. <laughs> not, unless, not unless Margaret plays it for them going to school. Right. <laughs> right? Benny wanted to listen, and I thought, well, he maybe did. we should ask. Ah, he was really excited. He really wanted to know all about the, what was going on That's today. cool. The yeah. middle of it is probably a little more appropriate than the beginning, because yeah. Sandy's talking about the microphone as, mm-hmm. as right. other things. Genitalia. Yeah. So, hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tracy, so, uh, just once. Yeah, I, I know, I know. It's a repeat theme. It's, it is kind of phallic. Come on, it's in your face. A little bit phallic. Bad behavior, eighth grade. Yeah. 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 What was your bad behavior? Well, I'm not gonna say, but Why? you know, I, I you know, I went to a Catholic school. And... But do you think that bad behavior would be repeated in your kids? No, my kids are way, way cleaner than I was. I wonder if your mom said that. My mom? If your mom said thought, that about you. Your mom was so like, busy. She had so my, many kids. And my mom yeah. had no idea what I was doing. No, my mom. No, there's too many kids. And my she mom was not out. speaking to me. At the time. <laughs> so she didn't know what I was doing either. Eighth grade, I was a good kid, though. My stuff started in ninth grade. Mm. When I got to high school, I got in trouble. I started drinking in ninth grade. Yeah. Um, like drinking. So because oh. um, your mom wasn't talking to you. Yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> yeah. My dad was working, you know, till 10 o'clock at night six yeah. days a week not a lot of supervision going um, on there pretty much none and you know shifting from one from my mom's house to my dad's house i thought it was going to be like it was when i went home on the weekends mm. you know when i go home every other weekend i was the complete focus but when you live with the parent every day that's not possible but nobody really tells you that when you're you know 13 14 yeah. years old and you think it's going to be the all you know all about me when i get to my dad's house and all of a sudden i'm doing laundry i'm cooking meals um you know it's Living just life. me and him yeah and were you like what the hell i didn't sign up for this oh no i was so grateful to be there and not in my mother's oh. house i was so grateful to be where i was but in hindsight i look back and go I, that that transition was not parented pretty much at all and uh, I just didn't know what to do with myself. So I just ran amok. I mean, I started drinking. Uh, amok, amok, I did. Amok, I ran amok, 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 amok. I ran amok. <laughs> I was amok. Um, I mean, I started drinking in the ninth grade and uh, lying to my dad to his face in the ninth grade. Well, I've already told my dad all this, by the way. He already, he already talked about all this. We like your dad. Your dad's I, a he's good He's a sweetheart. One, yeah. He's a great dad. Yeah. But I don't think he was equipped to have a teenage girl in his house. I'm his only child. And he did not remarry until I was uh, later in high school. Um, So I showed up and I just ran all over him. I mean, I would look him in the face and go, I'm going to Stephanie's house. And I would go to Jeff's. And he would ask me, I I called you in Stephanie's and I'd go, I don't know. I had friends like that. I mean, who else grew up here? Anybody? No. Okay, so I grew up here. Yeah. And eighth grade, Sam, Samantha, my best friend in seventh and eighth grade, dropping acid. 
Her dad oh was the God. president. Her pr- dad was the president of the Cancer Society. Smoked like a chimney. <laughs> lied like a sociopath <laughs> like he would bring home lungs like lungs to show her what a cancer like lung a real like. lung like real like flipping. a real lung yeah like a healthy That's lung disgusting well i gotta tell you the smoker lungs more disgusting than the healthy yeah. ones i mean they were gnarly they look like old shrivel up mushrooms so, anyway, so samantha sweet girl but i last time i heard she was in like camarillo the psych ward oh Um, in the psych ward yeah she had some and her mother her mother was like the wicked witch of the west really um talking about like lying and stuff i don't know if she was just used to sam lying but the one time i lost my mind and why i understand why homeless people talk to themselves while they're walking down the street right is i cracked with this woman because apparently Samantha hadn't asked her if I could spend the night, but I told my mom I was spending the night there. So when my mom called, she had no idea I was spending the night. So then it was like, oh, your daughter is such a bad influence on my daughter. And I was a straight one. I wasn't doing anything back then, like nothing. I was ballet, I was dancing, that was it. I walked down the sidewalk screaming out loud, talking to this woman because of how she berated what she accused me of. And her daughter was like the crazy one. Anyways, I digress. But (laughs) Sam was dropping acid. My friends were doing quaaludes at the Sugar Shack, which is the, oh yeah, 75 cents for Aurora 714s. Was that what they were? What? Oh yeah, dude. Talking wrong, girl. Parties, all the kids were drinking. Now remember, a lot of the kids here, their parents were in the industry. Right. A lot of free money, a lot of pot smoking around. Right. The parents were smoking pots and getting high. Right. The kids, the parents would be gone on set or whatever, or, you know, to Europe for a month. They'd stay with the flipping nanny or the housekeeper. Parties like you wouldn't believe. Wow. And they were all drinking and smoking pot and doing lewds and doing coke. Yeah. Uh, eighth, that was more like ninth grade, 10th grade. Right. But kids were, yeah, it was crazy here. Crazy. I bet. Do you think it's still crazy like that here? I hear things, yes. but I don't know. I don't because we don't. I don't have our don't, group doesn't have. We those don't do that. Right. Yeah, we don't see it. We don't hear about it. I don't know. I mean, but I hear I'm things. Sure, I'm rumors sure there's of others. things groups. around. I'm probably more so the prescription meds. Yeah. and that type mm. of stuff that scares me. Yeah, that and meth. Meth scares the hell out of me. Oh, what meth about the heroin problem in Simi Valley? The hell, Seriously. what? There's a heroin problem in Simi Valley? Black tar heroin in Simi Valley high schools, dude. What in the high school? Yeah, in the high schools. <clears throat> Simi Valley is one of those Bubble. places where you go to your home high school. Simi Valley is one of the places you go to your home high school. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think that that's like like where we grew up. You know, you just go to your high school. Yeah. Yeah. But heroin is gnarly. Is bad, man. Serious stuff. My and these kids are just heroin. doing it like it's, it's bad. Nothing. But it yeah, a lot of partying up. out there. It's crazy. That's so there's a lot out there. I mean, in terms of the internet and social media and all that stuff and you know, honestly, talk about net neutrality. I'm good with it. If it means that my son can't access porn whenever he wants, <laughs> that's the big win for me, you know? <laughs> it scares me to death. Right. So have you talked to your kids about drugs? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not really. No. She'll bring it up. Like, she'll say, you know, somebody was smoking pot or something like that or weed. and But it never. Not really talked no, about. No. We in have. depth. Probably not enough than <laughs> as we should. Right. I think we should probably all talk about it a little bit more. 
we had a good sit down discussion about it i think it was really good because bert asked me a long time ago he was like what are you going to tell your kids about doing drugs well that i've smoked pot four times and that's it i did drink a lot uh, heavily when i was younger but I have maybe two glasses of wine a week. I'm pretty lame at this age. Right. Stage yeah, you're not life. the drinker in the group. I am the wife of the party, <laughs> not the party. So he was like, well, what should I do? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he's d- tried like every drug there is short of heroin and meth and, you know, the really bad stuff. So think, think 1980, you know, 90, yeah. like those kind of drugs, acid, mushrooms. He's done all that kind of stuff, coke. So- but what how do we talk about it and i was like i think we just need to be honest about as adults what we understand about drug use for kids their age right if you bring it back to your brain is growing until you're 23 and the fact of the matter is you just shouldn't put any of that shit in in your body till you're after you're 23 and then by that point hopefully they're mature enough to go yeah why would i do that anyway you know but we kept impressing upon them the fact that your brain is growing and that can permanently change your brain structure. And for what? For a good time? I remember my dad told me about cocaine when I first moved back. He was like, don't ever do cocaine. And I was like, why? He said, this is what happens. You snort it. You be sitting in a circle. You snort it and you pass it to the next guy. And all you can do is watch and wait till it gets back to you. And the whole life becomes, when does it get back to you? And you can't do anything else. You can't hold a job. You can't get a relationship because all you can do is wait for that to come back to you. And I went, peace out. I'm not doing that shit ever. Mm. <laughs> I'll drink all day long, but I don't want to be trapped. Like it sounded like I, someone who's trapped. Yeah. Beholden to the cocaine. That you can't, I, I mean, it was such a visual. It was like you're all sitting in a circle. Who knows where he came up with this in rural Georgia? I don't know how much cocaine was flying around. He probably well, saw it in a movie. Just <laughs> enough for everybody to just share a little bit, apparently, because <laughs> I've never around. seen that scenario in any party. <laughs> just a little bit for everybody. One little bit of crystal. <laughs> But yeah, here I walk into parties when I was like 19, and a Rory Rory Sheridan was the big Coke dealer. Hey, Roar! Um, oh my God! Big glass table, pile of Coke on it. People just and I did it a couple times, and I did not like it. Did not like it. Did not like it. I've never done it. Smoked pot a couple times. Didn't. I got all paranoid and freaked out. I'm too much of a control freak to get high. I smoked pot four times. I threw up four times, and I went. I don't think my body likes pot. I think I'll, I'll pass. Hard pass on that. Yeah not for me yeah here nobody's waiting for the coke it's nobody's in the middle enough. of the table man take your share have fun it's gnarly Ugh. i never so did what was the decision on what's bert going to tell the kids like is he going to come clean talked to him he he was really honest with him actually he was like i've tried everything so if you ever have any questions just ask me um don't take anything from somebody you don't know ever mm don't go with anybody you don't know ever to do anything like that we haven't really talked to isla this way she's a little young but um but georgia and georgia's like <laughs> georgia's scared of her own shadow half the time i can't imagine her you know or elizabeth can you even imagine <laughs> I, they would be like what? yeah well let's not let's not say that out loud right now <laughs> we got a <laughs> right. lot of years ahead of us right right right, right. right. you know. never know that, that is what's one thing that scares me. Like, meth really, really scares me. I think meth is something that um, it, it really is. You are really rolling the dice, I think, when you do meth. Well, with any whether kind or not drug, you're addicted any, to it. Anything that's not 
natural. Oh, well, mushrooms that. are natural, and you can get addicted to them. Pot's natural. Well, yeah, but I mean, if they're going to try something, I'd rather have try the pot yeah, versus yeah. the meth or yeah. the. Well, there's a difference between being addicted to a state of mind and being chemically addicted. Yeah, that's true. Right, because you're not really addicted to pot. You're addicted to that filtered state. Yeah, yeah of being hopefully our kids don't have any you know pains or traumas they have to right they have to escape from escape from right they have a pretty sweet life right right pretty good parents you know i don't think they realize that though no i mean of course they're angsty teenagers oh no they're mine are totally persecuted on a daily basis oh yeah by laundry and chores (laughs) and i have to scoop the dog poop again i did it yesterday and i'm like oh my god i do it every day in the morning i just want you to do it in the afternoon do you pay them an allowance hell no they don't get an allowance no No, we don't either we were just talking about that because um my husband said so where did she get the money to go to the movies again even though she's already seen it i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) that would have been from me so we were just talking about maybe um she won't be so excited to see that movie twice if she has to pay that $20, which is, by the way, ridiculous. Yeah, for the a movie, movie prices oh are ridiculous. Yeah, right. They're crazy. Right, right. I don't know. I, George started babysitting, and that was, she loved it. She yeah. loved doing that and earning that money. Gabby babysits. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so does Elizabeth. Does she? Yeah. That's so good. And uh, it was interesting. I was so proud of her uh, over, I guess it was Christmas. A friend of mine's mom came out of the hospital and, um, she texted me and she said can uh do you know anybody that can stay overnight with my mother in case because i want to make sure she doesn't fall and um i said this to my kids and both my kids raised their hand they're like we'll do it and i thought oh wow that's she was cool. gonna pay him like you know 40 50 dollars or something to spend the night and both of them raised their hand i'm like that's awesome they could, but you know i think it doesn't i'm not sure if it was because they wanted to help but that the money right the currency right? is currency for them like they right. want to make money at least right. they're willing to do something for it yeah right right because yeah. they don't uh, yeah yeah so are any of you religious like any of your kids go to church no anything like um, that th- they used to yeah we did for a while for a little while mm. they're both baptized are yeah, they? yeah they both they're both baptized and they both have their first communion catholic i wanted to um not so much I'm not bought into the all of the beliefs, but I wanted them to just have a good moral ground. It's more about, you know, these are the right things to do and these are not the great things to do. So let's make a good decision. Right. Let's choose wisely. Right. Mark um, is against organized religion and his parents were too, you know, oh, yeah. pretty much. And my mom was super Catholic and we had to go to church every Sunday till we were 18. Um, but I have a real problem with a lot of uh, the teachings of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I went to, in my class, the boys were taken out by the priests and brought over to the rectory and were molested. Oh, my God. Right under my nose. Oh, my God. And all of our God. nose. So. Uh, oh, my God. That's yeah, horrible. Horrible. So. Oh, my God. I have God. a real problem with that. Well, and yeah. Then, you know, some other things, <clears throat> some other rules. And I just can't do it and I, I remember that my mom went because she loved the catholic church and she was really catholic for the right reasons and 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 it helped her get through her hard life but then i saw other parents going just because of the social thing to be they weren't really into it and i saw them at a young age and i'm like you guys are hypocrites and i can tell already right. at nine ten years old you guys are hypocrites right and i didn't like that 
you know so i that would be me i would be a hypocrite i'd be going for the wrong reasons the wrong reasons right right and so i can't if my kids want to i'll take them and we have taken them to christmas mass or whatever and um christmas eve but that's about it just because i i the rules are just don't make sense to me right at all and i can't i can't go with that so i can't bring my kids to right do that if they right. want to make totally. their choices they can well do we don't go to church either and for me it's for the same reasons right. i can't I, I, i'm not very enthusiastic about organized religion however in recent months i've been thinking there's part of the church that i grew up i talked about this on another podcast so i don't want to bore the listeners too much but i grew up in a baptist church also and the part that i admit, think my kids are missing is like the service piece even though they do service for girl scouts and stuff it's a little bit different like the church being always, of service to being of service yeah the, yeah it's a little bit different than what they do at girl scouts so i've been looking for some way for them to find that maybe not through religion but through something that connects them to like there's there's more going on here than just my life or my family's life definitely a lot of opportunities for that in this area whether it be well the women's homeless shelter and the abused women's shelter and animals or older people or whatever i mean it's there but but we didn't do that and i feel like i'm very of service now yes you are yeah you totally so uh i feel like I feel like it doesn't it doesn't really matter if they don't because they'll get that they'll figure it out later if they'll they do you later. know what I mean yeah and sometimes if we overdo it now they're not going to want to we're like I did that you know what I mean right you don't I you don't think so what because I think I think my kids I mean they do a lot I have to give them some credit um they do an awful lot as far as volunteering goes but I also feel that we live in this bubble and it's you know we have everything that we want, everything that we need. You know, they bitch about unloading the dishwasher. How about not having a dishwasher? Right. Right. How about you being the dishwasher? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of feel like it's necessary for them to see how fortunate they are and to experience that. Like we go to the food pantry and we load bags of food for people who don't have food. And here that's, I mean, you can do that all day, every day, and you're still not going to have enough stuff. I think we get enough of that in our normal life. I think there's a lot of people around me that they see that are not as fortunate as they are. Uh, family, friends, that that I don't need to. So I think I think they see it already in my our normal daily life. Hmm. So. Uh, you never know what people observe. You know, we were talking last podcast with Sandy and Kathy. You know, Sandy um, uh, was a refugee and, you know, lived in a refugee camp for a while. And it was a real struggle to get from Vietnam to here when she was very young. And uh, she was one of the happiest people I know. Is this Sandy the lady from, like, the Christmas party thing? Yes. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. I really like Human her. being, yeah. So we were talking about... <laughs> We were talking about maybe we should send our kids to refugee camp because they have it so good that maybe they need like a two-week refugee camp intensive where you go, you're eating gruel every day and you're sleeping on the ground and, you know, now maybe next time I say, hey, it's cyber-free Sunday, we don't have a fit because you just have to turn your phone off for one day. You know, I don't know. It's it's hard because... The perspective, gaining perspective. Gaining perspective. It's. I think it is... I think they do see a lot. I think walking to the park, you see people who are less fortunate than you. I think going to the school they go to, they see 
I think it is. Like the different demographics. We Mm -hmm. definitely got it in L.A., right? We do, for sure. I Um, think that the one thing that I point out consistently is, you guys, you drive by school at 530. I said, look at those poor kids just sitting on that yard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel terrible. Especially on a Tuesday. Even at Colfax, those little ones are still there at 6 o'clock. That brings it home to them. They're like, ugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still there. They still have to come home, eat dinner, do their right. homework, take a shower. I was that kid, that six o'clock kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom had to work. She was a single mom. She had no family here. You know, I was that kid. We did what we had to do. I was a latchkey kid. I was a latchkey kid. I was too. a latchkey too. kid too. Yeah, yeah, I walked home from school every yeah. day. Rode the bus. You know that some people walked. don't know what a latchkey kid is. They're lucky. I know. <laughs> I was latchkey the only kid, child, a kid who needs to let themselves child. in their own house with a key, there. right? With latchkey. a key, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I yeah. told my kid because they asked the other day what a latchkey kid was, and oh, I like funny. I told him about the kit, the key, and I said, but we didn't have a key. The kid, the door's always unlocked. We didn't lock our doors then, right? You know, and so it was different. You know, somebody just dropped it. My mom was at work, but they, we just dropped off at home, and right. We watched TV until she got home. She closed her business at five thirty, so by. 5.40 she was home so at 5.30 my sister came around and was like hey everybody clean the house clean the house hurry she was on her way they heard the garage door open we're like oh my god clean it up <laughs> the TV was on you know to me there's some kind of benefit to that though too because yeah. I had a greater sense of self and I have more independence my kids are still really dependent on me it's mm-hmm. one of Cause's biggest beefs with me right now it's like they still ask me if this is where to put something or I don't know if it's them trying to get me to do it or not like I right. know all kids test and do yeah. but my kids are way more dependent on me than I was on my mom yeah and same here I, and that's like kind of the same knife two sides it's tough for me because I want them to be more independent and I want them to trust their own instincts and make their own decisions but at the same time I want to have like a really close relationship with them and be there for them and be supportive and that line's getting super blurry for me right now it is kind of hard because you know like the my our girls want to separate rooms right they've shared rooms their whole life and now George is 13 she wants her own room and I'm like awesome I'm not doing it for you you're going to ha- I'll help you, but I'm not just going to do it for you. So here's the things that need to happen be- so that this can happen. And she's not doing them. So I'm like, what's mm-hmm. the deal? Do you not want to separate? Oh, I absolutely want to separate. I totally do. Okay. But you're not doing anything. But so where is she just- stuck? She, she said, there's just too much to do. And I went, okay, then let's break it down. Let's say, clean off your desk. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing. Clean out the, there's hooks behind their door. Clean off the hooks behind your door. Just do one thing a day. Will not do it. I'll remind her every day. You want to do that one thing? You don't have to do it every day. Every other day, like baby that, steps. Maybe it's not her thing. Like, I love doing that. And I love organizing and, and make it. Right. But Benny is not. Right. So I had to help along where Gabrielle is so she went she can go in and do it right so maybe she just feels like she doesn't know I don't know I don't know either I, yeah it's a hard like, thing to figure I out I can't wait because Isla is so like on it she's gonna get all of Georgia's shit and just throw in her room and I know I just like, like tick tock <laughs> baby yeah. tick tock when I'm get out. out of my <laughs> room I know, she keeps saying I want these pictures down I want this moved and I'm like listen mm. I can only do one room at a time I can't redo your room until the stuff from Georgia is in her room so one thing at a time you're right Isla is like TikTok, I can baby. only imagine. You're the one that pulled the trigger. She's so funny, Isla, because Georgia came to me and she was like, I really want to separate rooms. I said, okay, well, let me let me tell Isla. Let's, like, break the news. Because, like, six months ago, Isla came out of her room crying at night. Said, oh, Georgia's not going to want to share rooms with me anymore. And I don't want her to move out. And she was very emotional about oh, it. so sweet. So I was like, oh, God, this is going to be emotional for Isla. So I tell Isla, 
And she says, okay, I understand. I, I get it. So she goes back. They go back to bed. And I hear them debating. And uh, I said, you guys need to figure out amongst yourselves who has which room. Because the room they're currently in is in the front of our house, has great light, and it's bigger. And the other one is like small window, smaller room. Definitively less exciting of a room, right? So Georgia goes, well, I should get the big room. So I'm the oldest. I should get the big room. And, and Isla went, no, 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 no. I'm in the living room listening to this and went, I didn't choose to move. You chose to move. So if you're choosing to move, <laughs> you choose to move holy my moly I wow went, oh my god you may have a little too much of your mama <laughs> too much and georgia the next day i just left it because i was letting them figure it out and the next day i asked georgia i said what do you think do you want to you know do you need me to help you stay in this room or do you want to move room she said you know i thought about it i think i'm going to take the smaller room and i was like i'll be dang great wow i made a point she couldn't argue with i guess you're the one that wants to move yeah i don't want to have a great sense of self that was that's impressive uh i always had a great sense it would have taken me a couple of days to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> no that's wait a minute never been Isla's <laughs> wait a minute. problem Isla's problem is reading it's not sense of self that's who she so is funny. like a friend treats her bad and she will come home and go that's not a nice person, nice person, and I think I'm up good. I don't think I need to hang out with that person anymore. Good for her. That's awesome. And she'll say it respectfully to that yeah. person. You know, I'm gonna hang out over here now. She's never mean, and I have just always been blessed. She's been that way since she was really little. That's so cool. It Thank is God really she cool. figured that out so quickly. Yeah. I'm not sure if I still have yeah, that right, right. out. <laughs> uh, she's good now. She does, you know, if it's a friend that she's been with for a while and the friend starts acting differently, which happens, mm -hmm. she has a harder time with that, you know. But, like, if she meets somebody new, she can, like, suss it out. Uh, you're not my kind. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. So, I mean, it's good, but anyway so george still hasn't moved george still hasn't moved and it's a disaster like i did what you're talking about uh two weekends ago i went okay let's all go in this room and get this started let's go so we got all these things started and then i can't get them back in there to finish it let's right. go finish it let's go finish and we're also so busy with yeah. other things you know like it's so fits and starts that we can't really get any traction right i can't get any momentum so um you need like a whole day I know, you know, a couple days yeah. uh, for dedicated to just yeah, that. Yeah. to just that. Like we were supposed to do it Saturday night because Isla had play practice and then she was going to a birthday party. But then Gabby's movie night came up. And of course, I'm not going to say, no, we had decided <laughs> to stay home and work on your room. You know, she, I wanted her to go mm -hmm. hang out with Gabby and all the girls. You didn't want to become Queen Victoria. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> You will comply. No, no. I was like, well, that's what she should be doing is hanging out with her friends on a Saturday night. And not, she didn't want to clean her room with me. And then we, you know, sold Girl Scout cookies literally all day yesterday. So yesterday was gone, like from 10 a.m. to 4. Right. Uh, and, then, and then we went to dinner at a friend's house. So. And if anyone hasn't seen the digital George's cookie world yes oh. <laughs> on Facebook that yes. was awesome uh, I has one too they both have a yeah, digital I couldn't figure out how to do it I just uh, gave up my brain shut down I need to get on that that's awesome it's easy just uh, copy paste copy I need paste. to put it on the list of I items I couldn't even figure out how to yeah. register I know right <laughs> <laughs> can't figure out how to I'm register done. if it takes me more than uh, like a minute and a half I'm done 
Like I look at it, I'm like, oh, I get this. I'll do I, it later. My our attention span is for shit now. I right. think it like wouldn't take my email or something. I'm like, you know what? That's your problem. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You're making this too hard on me. I'm out. Forget you, Girl Scouts. You have <laughs> right. enough money. I don't need cookies. Six Nobody million dollars. Did you guys see that? Six million dollars a year they raise in Girl Scout cookies. What? Do they? Yeah. That's what I read on a thing. Yeah. Wow. And then there's the whole how the girls got sell the cookies big thing that's up in arrears now what is it oh, oh, outside I don't know the pot shops. oh with the pot shops? pot shops oh yeah 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 the pot shops yeah they're not supposed to do that but, but there's rules do. that i didn't even know about like i didn't know like you couldn't be on your that, land what, what's the deal you, you can, can be on the land right you can only like if you're they call it boothing so if you're selling girl scout cookies it's called boothing so if you set up a table if you set up a table that's boothing that's you stationary can, right that's, that's stationary yes you can booth on your own property without permission from the girl scouts you can also put stuff in a wagon and drag it up and down the street in your neighborhood you're not supposed to go into someone else's neighborhood you're supposed to stay nobody's in gonna your tell me i can't sell cookies in beverly hills because they buy cookies like nobody buys yeah cookies. right oh we yeah. take our cookies all the way down to bert's management company's office yeah everybody the airport. sells them at their offices and stuff yes well i think that may be different i think they i, I don't like do to that load up your wagon though. and go to physically go to another neighborhood okay. and pull your wagon up and down the street yeah you're not That's, supposed to do you're that. Not supposed to do that and then you're not supposed to book uh, to booth at a place of business unless that place of business has gone through the vetting process with Girl Scouts. So you can't just walk over to Minchie's and put a table out. That sounds discriminatory to me. There it, is there's people at Barnes It's regulatory <laughs> is what it is. They're very regulatory. There's so many mm. rules with Girl Scouts that it's all it's it's almost prohibitive like to be because I've been a leader now for seven years and the paperwork alone is so exhausting it makes you not want to do anything extracurricular and i'm trying to book camping sites for oh my god for for girl scouts like girl scouts own properties where you can go camping i can't get them booked ever they're like well you can have one day but not the next day and then the next day you have to move to this other place and it's just so tedious that it makes you not want to do it well, sounds I was like just never mind lausd with me with my bake sale on thursdays i have to have my feet on the cement to sell my bake sale goods i cannot be on the grass i can the table can be on the grass in front of the school but my feet as the seller has to be on the public sidewalk that is the most ridiculous and i'm giving thing. all the money to the school it's that's ridiculous. the most ridiculous I thing know. i have ever heard are you kidding no that's so stupid. And then I, I don't even have any words. There's no words coming out of my mouth. My brain just froze. Are you kidding me? And I can't have cupcakes with frosting. Wait, what? What? Yeah. You, what? Who eats cupcakes you know, without that's frosting? Just, that's just called. No, they have a list of things I can sell. Seriously? Little cake. But I'm on public property. But they can tell me what I can and cannot sell because the lunch ladies regulate what i can and can't oh lunch ladies kidding. scare me yeah lunch ladies are like my dad's married to a lunch scary. lady <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's oh my not God. Married, but he's common law married too Wait, i had no idea I had the principal actually comes out to make sure that the table's positioned right. in the right spot you With know what guess what what police, no bake sale. <laughs> what no police bake sale. is driving by <laughs> To arrest somebody for a bake sale table in the, the wrong police, damn place. It's not the lunch ladies be, that come out It's look. the lunch ladies yeah. thing, seriously? <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to tell the do? principal that I'm breaking the rules. I'm and telling what is she going to do? Breaking the law. Those breaking the law. Breaking the the lunch ladies in the student store, there's a complete yeah. racket going oh, on Oh, there's a big school. racket. What's the racket? They, um, I guess, don't give change. 
So if you don't have exact change, then they'll uh, keep no. it. They keep the money. That's yeah. called stealing. That's called stealing. <laughs> they were. I mean, they figured they, it all out, and they now they can't do it anymore. But they racked up a lot of money. Drake that, came home and said he bought a bag of Cheetos. Number one, why are you buying Cheetos? <laughs> You're in trouble now. Right. Number two, they wouldn't give me any change, Mom. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's crazy. Welcome to LAUSD. That's a, and I, and I know, right? <laughs> the land of the damned. <laughs> the land of the damned. That's all that extra funds that they have. That's why our school is just swimming in extracurricular activities in the arts and computer labs and science. Because of the lunch ladies are procuring extra money. And- the lunch ladies are wearing Gucci. <laughs> I know. I'm sure they're putting it back into the school program, right? Right. right. <laughs> they're donating to the bank sale, Right. Right. Oh my god! I can't believe they. You want to raise money for them? And I'm not raising money for the lunch ladies. No, I am raising money you. for for the school. for the school, right? Right. So, but like, do you still want to do it? Yeah, I do because god, I know so my money. Than me. <laughs> I, know, right? I know the money's going towards the humanities academy, and it's going towards field trips and buses and all that stuff. Right. They just make it harder on me to do. Wow, you're they way make it better person than me. Yeah. That's absurd. Well, really. I would just be done it's after school it's not during school hours which makes it even more ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous because you know the uh principal at colfax let us sell girl scout cookies on the lawn out as long as we were not inside the fence she she was like put it wherever you want it just has to be outside of the actual fenced in school property they don't have lunch ladies at colfax <laughs> they do but they're actually really nice they someone should it. write a script called lunch ladies lunch ladies, lunch ladies. Lunch ladies. you take her ruler and measure lunch how far your table bad. is off her sidewalk right lunch ladies gone bad man her net hair cap <laughs> cupcakes oh, with no icing god okay so now the lunch ladies can't listen to this podcast or mrs washington are. i know mrs washington mrs washington do you know mrs washington was my junior high PE teacher was she oh my god old as dirt that woman thank She's you old as dirt <laughs> no she is not because of you she just is she's been there forever dude i'm old enough and yeah she's been there. she was talking but we we're talking about beautiful black people she was the most beautiful young woman was she striking 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 still hard as nails total line really and you knew when she meant it but she, beautiful woman yeah wow. and she really does love the kids she I really like does i like her for the bad rap that she gets she, she holds really them accountable like does gab have her no she just has gives them too much homework that's uh, well all. homework and PE is stupid ridiculous. anyways that's another ridiculous thing don't even i was doing like an hour and a half of homework in pe every week and i'm like the kid's freaking dyslexic does she really have right. to read a 10 page chapter about physical fitness and then answer <laughs> 15 questions, questions? benny has that too come on does she have miss rivera here's your pe yeah. homework mm-hmm. sit on your ass and read instead of running right. around oh, that's right? a good that point sense. that is a good point kathy like, that's a really good point are you does supposed that make to be sense? fit no no. Biggest oh. stress I had in PE was a freaking pull-ups because I've never been able to do a pull-up in my life. Oh god! That whole like state thing where you have to run a certain uh-huh. way, length, and do the sit-ups and how many pull-ups can you do? And I failed. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what they're doing now. Is if you don't run a mile in eight minutes, then you don't get an A. And I think that's ridiculous. I uh, think if if you start off at like 
you know, running a 10 minute mile and the next time it's a little less than 10 minutes, that's great. You just show improvement. But to ha- ask these kids to... I just think P should be participatory. I don't I do think too. grading I think, yeah. somebody's ability. Right. It's like yeah. asking a f- uh, an elephant to fly and right. grading it. I mean, that's just yeah. crazy. Right. As long as fail. you're trying hard and you're improving. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, think it's a pass. Pass. It should be a pass fail. Yeah, right. Are you participating? You're a pass. Right. Are you not participating? You're a fail. Guess what? Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I have to say... She, in September, was running a 14-minute mile. Yes, I said running a 14-minute mile. Now she's running, like, almost an 8-minute mile. Wow. Which is a huge improvement. That's a huge improvement. But guess what her grade was on her almost 8-minute mile? It was a D. That's a D. It was a D. And I was like, but she started at 14. That should be an A for her. That's a huge. Uh, Yeah. Crazy. So I think that... um, that the girls had it figured out and the first mile they ran was rather slow because <laughs> <laughs> by eighth grade they've got it figured out but my little sixth grader who's the overachiever in pe ran as fast as he could the first time oh my god <laughs> now we're down to bed right for a Aww. semester of pain oh my god he's such a good kid oh my gosh that's so cute he is a good kid i'm not so sure he can improve on his time well it'd be hard to improve if you start at the top <laughs> let's see where do you go from there I'm sure he'll figure it out for next year. So, ladies, um, let's wrap up this podcast. It's been about an hour, right? Did we learn anything? I don't know if we learned anything. We're all kind of going through the same stuff. I think the similarities is it's a good thing to know, not feeling alone. I mean, being a parent's hard enough. Knowing that we're all going through the same crazy shit makes it better, right? Yes. Is teenage years harder than toddler years for you guys? It's no. More, no, it's more complicated, but it's less work. You can leave them at home. <laughs> I, I, I poop on yeah. their own. No, tell me, Margaret. <laughs> no, I think it's the toddler years or the baby years or whatever are much more physical. Yeah. You know, um, but now now it's more emotional. Yeah. And uh, mental mental with with the teenagers, you know, so there's easier things now, mm-hmm. you know, but then there's harder things, too. I think our kids need us more now than they did maybe when they were littler definitely you know. in bigger ways i think I in think a so different too. way too i yeah. read something uh somewhere about this age group needing a parent to be an air fern they need to know where you are mm-hmm. and they know how need to know how to find you but that their job right now is to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and they have to do that on their own so in in being an air fern they always know you're there but they were like in the same article or I don't remember where I read it it wasn't in the book Untangled we read about <clears throat> raising teenage girls but I didn't read it that. was before oh, you should read it oh, it's, it's amazing okay cool it was so enlightening have you read that no book, Margaret? We'll have to get that. it's called Untangled it's on my website there's a link to it on my website because I literally was like everybody that has a teenage daughter should be reading this book um, it's it, wonderful it was amazing it was written by a female a child psychologist who works at an all-girls school here in LA somewhere and she wrote the book about what goes on from like age 11 on for teenage girls Oy. and there were a lot of great tools you know in that book like one of the most important things <laughs> is you know Georgia gets really testy about once a month right around her period and her dad starts coming unraveled when she starts getting testy we're losing her i mean this last month he's like we're losing her we're losing her she's we're definitely losing her we how do we reach her and i keep going babe she's 
She's just being 13. You know, in this book, Untangled, she said the, the Rorschach test, the inkblot test, yeah. they give uh, people that when they give them to this age group of girls, they come back as psychotic adults. <laughs> oh, how funny. So their brains are actually psychotic. Right. So if you can just remember, oh, no, she's actually psychotic mm-hmm. in the brain. Right. Then maybe all this stuff that's going on is okay you know it's it's not abnormal that she's screaming that i hate her you don't take it so personally exactly just kind of take a step Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. a little bit which is really hard to do it's really hard to do not to take it personally but like i was asking georgia about her interview for louisville and i was like have have you practiced your interview and she's like no i was like well i think you should practice well i've already done one with miss gamba and i went but yeah, but that's not the same. That's one, and Miss Gamba already knows you. You've already been in her office and talked to her about Girl Scout stuff. It's not the same. You should talk to somebody. And I, I just kind of left it. And then I kept going back. And he want to talk to somebody. You don't need to talk to me. You can talk to your dad. You've got two aunts that live here. You've got a Girl Scout troop leader. You've got a myriad of moms that would like fake interview with you. Nope. And then one day she said somebody was over. And she said... In, in front of this other adult she goes I don't want to work on it with you because all you do is tell me what I do wrong and I went oh my god I didn't know that I made you feel that way I'm so sorry and I walked in the other room and said to Bert this is what George just said to me and he went oh she's out of her fucking mind you don't ever tell her what to do you don't ever tell her she's doing things wrong she just wants you out of her business and I was like okay I'm out of her business I'll just let her do whatever. And uh, and I was like, I'm just going to write down some sample questions someone would probably say in an interview. Do with them what you will. This is for you. But this is, let me just give you this so you can start thinking about these questions. And she did great on her interview, but boy, she was not going to get any help. And you're thinking, you're crazy. You've put all your eggs in this one basket for this one school. Why wouldn't you do everything you needed to do to, to make that work? But... And to have a mom and appreciate a mom that's willing to, you know, help you so much. Yeah. You know, my mom was too busy to help in that way. I would have loved her to like jump in your perspective and you appreciate it because you didn't have it. Exactly. But she's always had it. So it's just something she takes for granted. Or maybe she does feel like I always tell her what she's doing wrong. Which has nothing to do with you, by the way. It's nothing to do with me (laughs) because I'm saying, hey, if you want to spread peanut butter on a piece of bread, maybe you should use a butter knife and not a steak knife. Just saying. You know, this is the time (laughs) where they're they're really like starting to define who they are and how they want to do things. Right. I remember I really had to push, and I think it's really normal and typical, to push away from the parents so we can feel our own independence. Right. And it takes sometimes a harder push than just not being there anymore it's like they physically have to separate from us yeah they do that's what they're supposed to be it said so in that book it does say so in that book it does it says when they go off in the room do i still have to read it no i'm kidding Uh, yes you You do do. you do um tatum wouldn't let me help her with her interviewing either at all no it was like no i've got this i don't need your help and we got into a huge battle afterwards because after her interview i said oh so how did it go you know i'm an interested mom who's going to be forking over some serious cash to pay for your private school you're not going to our local school where you're going to mix with the general population and she would not tell me it was fine 
So, so maybe I let they it go just for, wanted to achieve it for themselves. Sorry I think to so. cut you off. No, I, I think you're right. And I even tried the back door. I was like, Leanne, ask Georgia to see how to <laughs> 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 Didn't work. No. No. Nope. Didn't nope. work. Totally nope. fail. A mission scrub. Yeah. Wow. It was fine. But I tell you, Bert got all freaked out last month because Georgia was, you know, we're losing her. She's look at her. She's pushing back. I've lost my little girl. I'll never have a relationship with her again because she's talking to me this way. And I'm like, I she's love getting, that he cares about I know. Period. But so part sweet. of part of that book says that they have to know that you can handle rejection, so that they can reject you and know that they're still safe. So if you can't handle the rejection, Bert Kreischer then what does that teach her about men like they're not safe they can't handle my emotions they can't handle my emotions which are normal emotions she's not like cutting herself or doing anything crazy she's just being a bit moody and she's pushing back some so I am in therapy and I go to my therapist and Bert I'm leaving and Bert goes I need you to ask Dr. Jackie if this is normal or if we need to get her in therapy she needs to be (laughs) we need some counseling and I was like I'm going it's normal I read this book I believe everything's normal but she gave me some really great questions i thought was really cool some good tools she said um is she completing her schoolwork yes um is she still asking to hang out with her friends yes is she eating on a regular basis doesn't have to be eating a lot but is she eating regularly yes is she harming herself in any way? Pulling out her hair is the first thing kids do when they are not feeling good. It's not cutting is like extreme. She said they start pulling their hair out. No. So she's like, if you answer all those questions, yes, yes, yes. And then no, she's fine. Okay. Everything below that is typical. Even if she's screaming at you, <clears throat> even if she says she hates you, even if she doesn't come out of her room for days because she's brooding over something if she's still doing her homework if she still wants to hang out with her friends if she's still eating her meals and if she's not pulling her hair out or biting her fingernails off till they bleed she's fine so I was like what a great barometer to go okay I can ask those questions and go she's fine everything else is just normal 13 so easy to know and it's pretty easy and where then when they're this age they do that they push away from you and then they'll come back. Yeah. And it'll be a fleeting and you'll be trying to hold on to him, to them, and then they'll leave again. Yeah. I've heard it. You said air plant. I've heard a potted plant, but the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you're, the parent should be the potted plant. You're there. They know where you are. They know how to get to you and, you know, when they need you or want you, but that's it. Right. And not as opposed to the, you know, helicopter. Right. That's. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I thought that was really true. I think it is know, true. Know where you are and when, when to come get you if needed. Yeah, I think the theory of the airplane is they don't have to do anything to nurture yeah. oh, you. Oh, right. I like that. You, yeah, yeah. You, they, yeah. You just live on air. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, yeah, yeah. they don't what, need to, to airplane? care for you. You know how airplanes plant. don't air need fern. What's an, an airplane? Airplane don't airplant. need soil. They just like need a little bit of water. Like those bromeliads, the things that just like grow on the trees, and they just they suck all the. Easy. They don't need oh. much. I have one in my kitchen. I'll show you. I never knew it was called an air plant. This is an educational podcast. <laughs> I know it is an educational podcast. We have an air plant in my kitchen because Bert got really lonely on the road and decided he needed a mascot, so he <laughs> bought an air plant as a pet that he took on the road but then he got tired of having to spray it when he got on the road so <laughs> I, I ended up with the pet its name is da 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 how about a rock again I have 
no words. I mean, because there's so many levels on that. I it's know. ridiculous. He goes, oh my God. I can no longer care for da da la da da. Can we keep da da la da da home? Isla named it. The thing that doesn't need caring, he can't care for. That's hysterical. I never made the connection. You're right. That's what I'm looking at going, oh my God, do you hear what you're saying? for an airplane that's so accurate too that is so exactly burt greiser oh my god burt we love you <laughs> we do we do thank god he has a wife right i don't know what he would do without me that doesn't need spraying so i should be really good at it for my teenagers You're i'm right. well practiced right burt's gonna be so happy that the last thing we talk about is him well always <laughs> always he don't think he doesn't think i talk about him enough and then the first episode i kept getting these comments that kept going yeah less of Bert yeah can we have less of Bert yeah, more Leanne less like, Bert. Bert talks too much he talks about himself and every time you would start talking about something he'd bring it back to him <laughs> just bring it back to Bert but you know have you met Bert I know right <laughs> as well you know as part but he's of so part charming of the in the way that he does it because it's not like it's look at me he's just sharing he's got a lot of experience to share and he's got a lot of insights and perspectives my thing was so funny is he just he wanted it to be so good for you that he kept like just trying to help you i know but i didn't help need you. help i know i don't need help but yeah bert's like bert's like nine years old in that way where nine-year-old boys are very self-focused and they're very like but i was the best on the soccer team but i was the first one they picked you know that's just who he is but it's, i like that he admits it he's like yeah right? that's me he's very aware of it yeah he's cool for sure he's very self-correcting too because he'll get in that path and then all of a sudden he'll go wait a minute i actually am being really self-focused so let me what do you need you know oh, that's cool we had a date and we were just dating early on with two of my really close friends and i swear to god bert did not draw breath he talked <laughs> from the minute he sat down <laughs> until the minute we let nobody talked but bert we went to indian food i'll never forget it when the date was over he's like that was an amazing date i love your friends and i went i'm so surprised do you remember their names because you never stopped talking and neither of them said a word all night and he went really i i, I didn't notice i was like because you didn't fucking shut up sometimes you need to listen you can't get to know people if you don't listen. He was like, yeah, I don't really understand that concept at all. I just think everybody wants to get to know me. <laughs> so He's just happy to share himself with them. He's happy to share himself with the world, yes. Well, ladies, thank you for coming and this talking really on fun. my podcast. Was it fun? Yes. Yeah. Did you have thank fun? Thank you for having us. I had fun. Yeah. Okay. So we'll come again. Yes, guys, come back sure. again. And there's lots of topics we can cover. So many. So think well, of some. Let's see if people hate us first. Okay. Nobody's gonna <laughs> hate anybody. Halston will tell us when the mic's off if we did okay. okay. Maybe we should ask what they want to hear from us. I would like that. Yeah. Yes. What would what, they like to hear us talk about? Yeah. I've Do gotten you want to see who picks up their children at in Los Angeles? It's rather interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know some people. I have the most request i have so far which i find really fascinating is most people want me to talk have a conversation about addiction oh and, interesting and i you know okay but i feel like i need to have somebody addicted well i, I may married. live with somebody who <laughs> might be slightly addicted I but i was married to an addict for years i have a huge history of aa and codependence and do all you really recovered codependent that's what my therapist said last sort of codependency <laughs> gone we'll see well then maybe you'll come <laughs> back and talk to me because i really did um i had a time period 
I started drinking when I was 14 and I drank very heavily until I was 21. And I drank so much that my sorority recommended that I go to rehab, that I lost my hair, and that I had an inflamed liver by the oh, time goodness. I was 20. So I drank six days a week. Putting it away. Every Just single putting week. Putting it away, man. Because I d- didn't know how to manage my emotions. Yeah. So when I got, when I lost my hair, you would think that would make me stop drinking. It Maybe did not. drink more. <laughs> It did not. I I woke up one morning having driven myself home, not knowing where my car keys were, the car in parked in Atlanta, door open, purse in the parking lot. That didn't wake me up either. I got arrested f- for drunk driving, not a wake-up call. Um, I did have a wake-up call, which was interesting, and it that became my path. I guess you could call it recovery, although I never called myself an addict because I, I, I think I had a different my my drinking was about pain you're self-medicating to me there's a difference between being an being an addict and self-medicating a hundred percent so maybe on another podcast let's talk about that i'll find somebody else who wants to talk about it maybe an expert maybe maybe someone who deals with addicts and an expert dr drew yeah i know i would love i love dr Dr. drew i do too but i don't know if that you know i don't know if my podcast is big enough for dr drew oh We'll see. No. But I don't know. I'll find somebody. Because re- that's been the most consistent is will you talk about addiction. Um, they say we're kind so of That's so interesting. Dude, no, 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 no specificity. Just addiction. Video games. There, well, there's, there's so like many different kinds. Food, food, right. Sex. Food. food right. Food. Yeah. Uh, praise. Social media. Social, Social media. media. Praise. Yeah. Being addicted to being praised or like that's an ego addiction. I've never heard about right. that. Uh, there's so many. So... So I definitely had a stint where if I had not had a wake-up call, I probably would have been dead. So that would have been your hit bottom. That's the term. The yeah, dead? Just hit bottom. You mean being dead or where my wake-up call? Your wake-up call would be like the worst point, the lowest point you got, and then you like had to do something to change. Yeah, I think I had a lowest part. I, I did. We should talk about it on a different podcast. Okay. I'm starting I also a whole like, podcast. I was just thinking suicide with these teen suicides we're oh, hearing about shit. a lot. Uh, you know, that's never been something we grew up with. And no. so it's so doomed to me. So I'd like to hear what, what's going, like, what's going on. That's, right. um, we were just talking about that and I was, you know, uh, my husband disagrees with me a little bit, but I was saying that in case everybody doesn't know, there's been a few recent suicides by young people, eighth graders mm-hmm. and in our area, young high yeah. school kids in our <laughs> yeah. area. And I was saying when I was young, I never, ever, like, it wasn't an option. You just didn't even hear about it. No. Yeah. People OD'd. Right. You know? But not. But people did not kill themselves. They didn't. Different than writing a note and deciding you're going to die. Well, yeah. And and you could blame it on social media, but I was on um, a high school website just checking out the school, and on the front page, they had all this, like, they were flaunting their how much suicide awareness they had that they have special classes and things for s- kids who want to commit suicide or thinking about recently? it recently yes and so but like a month ago so i thought wow i've never seen that on a school website before a high school website and i thought that's really interesting that they yeah. felt strong enough because it's a really highly academic school that they felt like they had to put that on the front page of their website about their school. Yeah. Like it must be a problem at the school because 
they demand so much from you have to tell me later kids. what school that is is it is it a very competitive academic school that's at the base of the hill yes mm-hmm. at the base of the hill but one of both our girls got into bum, bum, bum. pass Hard that's pass. what i thought no that's not the one i was thinking of mm-hmm. um i did hear the other day that the other one that i was thinking of has the highest suicide rate right. i that's a Which private is, school though Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, that private school I knew had the highest highest suicide yes, rate. Yes, and I'm sorry, but why should there be a highest suicide rate in high school? Highest, like that they're like there should be greater like ranking. More That's than ridiculous, one. right? And they'll, you know, is it because we're demanding they take these AP classes, you know, and kids are comparing each other and. You know, all that stuff we never had. Did you guys take any AB classes? So many no, topics to I, talk about. So many. Right. I know, you know, having a dyslexic kid, you mm-hmm. lower your you yeah. lower your expectations for every kid. Because I go to Georgia, are you doing your best? Yes, I'm done. Right. I don't really need you to do anything more than your best. Right. And if your best rates you an A or a B or a C, I don't give a shit. Is it your best? Mm-hmm. And I can tell by the look on your face whether you are doing your best and I don't need her to go to AP classes I need her to learn something she's interested in learning Mm -hmm. and do her best at that Mm -hmm. because you know I, I I don't know. I think that's the way to approach it. But having a dyslexic kid, she is never going to perform like her peers, ever. She's going to perform differently. Never, exactly. But she's going to excel at some other things. But if I told her, you have to be in these AP classes, and you, your sister has to be in these AP classes, so then that's the environment God, I, I put her in. I don't care about AP classes. Well, I can't the only thing AP either. classes get you is less college, right? right? So college is so going to be less expensive. Who gives a shit? And you should have four fun years of college you're gonna have to work why try get out of college early no, they why get you, you they to get go to work that you're gonna have to work for the re- rest yeah, of your exactly. life they get you a higher gpa so you can get into that college like that gentleman we were speaking to yesterday his daughter had a 4.7 yeah. i know I almost fell out of my pants i don't want my daughter 7. to have a 4.7 no. i don't want my daughter to have to do the work it's going to take no. to get to a 4.7 and not unless have she a wants to unless how do you she get is. seven tenths more than a hundred AP classes. <laughs> AP classes? That's, That's how you do it? Yeah. See, I'm Unless you want to go to an Ivy League school. I mean, like, if you really want to be that person and you want to go to Harvard or you know you want to be a doctor or a, neuroci- a neurosurgeon or something, you know, if you, a kid really wants to know what they want to do, then yeah. But Elizabeth, like, she just wants to be in plays right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to sell cookies and she wants to be in plays. Right. That's where my daughter is right now. Tatum wants to swim and talk about boys. Uh, cool. Georgia wants to write in her journal and read books. Gabriella wants to draw. Oh, she's oh, good. Awesome. And swim. And uh, swim. Her synchro is cool. Drawing is a lot higher, right? That's yeah, musical fantastic. theater is like my daughter's world. All right, so people <laughs> listening, if there's any topics you would like talked about on this podcast, just email me. You can go to wifeotp.com and there's a contact page just and I get that email directly. So wifeotp.com. Uh thanks for listening and thank you ladies for talking. Thank you. I think Until you next time. Us. It was like a right? good therapy session here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got